You are now tuned in to the All-Star Vintage Podcast with your hosts, Mark Jameson and Dom Morrow. Three, two, one. Here we go. Let's get ready to suck it. Welcome to your room. Snack bar, Lambeau Field. I was scalded by the cheese of a flaming hot nacho. You play to win the game. He starts to come and then he pulls out. Oh, it's from a slice of gabagool. Finish him. Oh, it's hard goddamn work being this good. Hello and welcome back to the All-Star Vintage Podcast with your boys, Mark Jameson, Don Morrow. Uh-huh. Once again, mm-hmm. back to bring you pleasure and joy. Through the audio of your ears. The audio of your ears. <laughs> the eargasms. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's, we took a week off, but it's uh, episode 20 on the Chops Sports Network. Baby milestone. Yeah, 20 episodes here with the boys at Chop Sports. Yeah, it's 20. But, um, nah, yeah, we took a week off, had some shit, and we're back. Yeah, Father's Day stuff going on, yeah. so happy belated uh, Father's Day to all the dads out there. Yeah, and we're trying to, we were trying to reconfigure the stew a little bit, so... It was a little messy in here. A little messy. Yeah. And it's, it's hot going. out, but it's not that hot in here yet, so let's just keep it fucking rocking. Um, I'm going to probably be naked by the end of the episode, yeah, but that's probably. okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm drinking this fucking C4. <laughs> <laughs> this aggressive-ass energy drink. Now, I've never saying. seen these ones before. Mm. You apparently have. You've mm-hmm. tried... Uh, what are you drinking I'm now? I'm drinking the C4 Starburst Cherry. Really? They have this. They have Skittles that are banging. And then I saw one next to it, um, <laughs> I guess a new company called Ghost, Ghost. Energy, Swedish <laughs> Fish Flavor. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying this one. Nice, yeah. But I particularly like your label oh, and most oh, specifically yeah. what's on the back of it. Oh, yeah. That has, this is like the best show. I was cracking the fuck up because it has this, uh, I don't know how, Carnacyan. That's like the, the shit that makes this shit go, you know? And... Uh, it's like the patented formula of beta aline has been clinically shown uh, to fight fatigue and Im- improve muscular endurance. With it, but this is the part that that really cracks me up. Yeah, uh, within minutes of drinking C four, you may feel a tingling sensation from the beta aline, signaling that your body is primed for superhuman performance. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. If my body's tingling from an energy drink, I don't think I'm primed for fucking human performance. I'm not... Think you're primed for the hospital. I'm primed for fucking heart attack. Cardiac arrest. Mm -hmm. That's what you're primed for. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That's C4. Explosive. And it's unbelievable, man. Like, the way... The way they do it with the energy drinks now and mm. then the fucking vapes and stuff, all these crazy mm-hmm. flavors, it's like impossible not to get addicted to oh, this yeah. stuff because they make it taste good, right? So mm-hmm. like back in the day, you smoke cigarettes. No one smokes cigarettes anymore, but you know, I did at one point and the one thing that I hated the most was like the smell, mm-hmm. um, the way like it made my mouth taste, my body, like all that stuff. Now enter these vapes oh, yeah. and you have all these different flavors delicious. and you could <laughs> smoke them anywhere and um, yeah, man, I mean, it's super fucking convenient and these energy drinks are the same exact yeah. thing, dude. And like, I, you know, it's crazy. I was never, ever an energy drink guy. Never. I was never into them. And then recently last, like, I don't know, a year, I like... <laughs> Jumped on the wagon. The bang, <laughs> original uh, bang uh-huh. bandwagon. Hell yeah. But now I'm here. I'm in the C4 drinking liquid explosive. Well, you, you had quite the concoction this morning, mm-hmm. honestly, man. I mean, I had um, 
I had a, a signature caramel ice latte with whipped cream from from Dunkin'. But I said, I told you, I don't get those often. It's just a treat. It was nice. It was hot out. I treated myself. So I had that on the way down here, and I housed it. Drank the whole fucking thing. And then I had the C4 energy drink. Now it's there's a brew happening in my stomach mm-hmm. that's ungodly. <laughs> Not ready. Not um, ready. There's but, another reason why you're sick to your stomach. Oh, as I'm well. sick. Oh, yeah. Well, no, yeah. This is the thing. I'm, I can't even say like I'm sick to my stomach. I'm, I feel like so melancholy. I guess. <laughs> like I fuck. So yesterday I'm sitting in fucking traffic. Of course, you know, because like I said, it's my life, and that is brings me to thinking about the Knicks. Because remember, I said being a Knicks fan is like being stuck in traffic. It's what it is. So the draft, the, the draft just happened this past Thursday, right? Things, you know, we the Knicks seem to have a two-team, a two, two-talent team pipeline, whatever you want to call it. They're either going to draft a foreign player no one's ever fucking heard of, or somebody from Kentucky. That's usually how it goes. Recently, now it's Duke, but Kentucky normally. Pretty soon, I'm pretty sure, like, I'm surprised John Calipari just isn't coaching the Knicks at this fucking point. Would you hate that? I actually don't. Because I'm going to be real with you, uh, after doing, after all this and... Like stewing and kind of thinking about the whole Knicks scenario. I, like I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I'm done with Thibodeau. I think he's ran his course here. He's done what Thibodeau does, and at this point, his message is already old. You know what I'm saying? In three years, he's been here, something like that. Now this is like, but that's like his mo. He's good for like that first couple years of put, making a team disciplined and getting them like in shape and making he's very good at making teams he's a buck show walter yeah he's very good at making teams relevant and like actually competitive teams but he can't make he can't put a team over the top yeah it's like he could take them out of irrelevancy right yeah exactly and, and get them to like a mediocre respectable level mm-hmm. level but that's it like that's yeah. the ceiling for him i yeah. guess and um now you need a guy that's got to take that talent and build upon it and take the team to the next level so mm-hmm. i don't know that's what i'm saying but Back to the draft this past week. Mm-hmm. The Knicks had the 11th pick, so I'm not really, you know, expecting much anyway, to be honest with you, because, I mean, re- all right, so this new regime right here of, like, Leon Rose and, you know, Worldwide, whatever these fucking guys, they haven't drafted terrible, to be honest with you. Like, I actually like the last two drafts that they were a part of. Like, we actually have players, young players from those drafts that play on our team, and they contribute, and they can... Be serviceable players. But before that, for like the last 15 years, we weren't draft. We were terrible at drafting. And then we were always getting fucked with the fucking players getting picked. Like, yo, right before who we, we could have had John Moran. Nope. Point right before us. Steph Curry. Nope. Right, right before us. Like, you know, it, it's, it's the, the cycle has been said and done a million times, right? So this past week in this draft, what do they do at 11? They draft. Whatever his fucking name is, I don't know. From France. Once I heard the name and I heard France, I was like, "Oh my god!" I was in the middle of texting you right there, like you have. I was just like, you, "You fucking kidding me?" A guy from that never heard from another country. Great. So immediately, in he's not on the stage for five minutes, and before he fucking is traded away for these draft picks, you know, which is fine. I'll take draft picks all day, but. I was I was convinced they were gonna fuck that up too because they're not like they're like protected picks you know like they're later round picks but I get what they're trying to do like after it's all said and so like basically they're they're moving and shaking they move to this point they make another trade for more picks so at the end of all this said and done they have no player 
but they have like a million picks, right? So I'm thinking to myself, first they tried getting Jaden Ivey. They were trying to move up to get him, but once Detroit was getting up there, they, they weren't going to give him up. And I would have been cool with that. But what they're trying to do now, they removed Kemba Walker with some of those picks to get the picks back. So they're shedding salary to make money, to make room. And I get it. They want to they get Jalen Brunson. And I respect it. I like Jalen Brunson, Villanova guy, big fan. But I'm not. He, he's not LeBron. I'm not. He's not going to put you over the top. If if that's what you tell me, your plan is right. Is I'm going to go get Jalen Brunson, and possible. And, and now we have all. This is what I want to do, right? With these picks, package him up for like a Donovan Mitchell. Get him over here, a big player like that. You've been ringing his bell for how long? Yeah, and now you have all these picks. You can do it without having to give up a lot of players. You know, your young guys you like. That's why I'm I'm semi optimistic, but I'm not because. But I'm not optimistic because the Knicks are cursed. Here's what they're gonna do. Yes, we say it all the time. They're cursed. It's a curse. Actually, this is what's gonna happen, and you're gonna love it. They're gonna stockpile all those picks, Mm -hmm. position themselves. Mm-hmm. For a big time trade for Kyrie oh, no. Irving. No. I don't want to. I would hate that. If the Knicks are still the Knicks, that's a Knicks move no, that they would Knicks make. Move. Oh, absolutely, it's a Knicks move. What would you do? I'd be pissed. I'd be like, come on, man. Like, I'd be I'd be so pissed off. I can't say I'd be dumb because it's, it's the same shit every year. It's nothing new. But like I said, they're cursed because this guy they drafted at 11, right? And that they traded away. Uh, now that he's not on the Knicks, he's going to be like a Hall of Fame player. But if we would have drafted him and kept him, he would have been a bust. That's yeah. just that's what I'm We're just cursed, right? So no matter what we would have done on the draft, we would have fucked it up. We would have found a way to fuck it up because I'm not confident in anything else but that. And also, you know, they fucking, it, they have, like I said, we had, they have how many fucking picks now and they can make a move for somebody. So let's say they had clear out space, they get Jalen Brunson. Great. You have Jalen Brunson. Finally a point guard that's serviceable and pretty good. But like I said, he's not fucking LeBron. He's not putting you over the edge. You need to take those picks and you need to go get Donovan Mitchell or a player that's a good player of that elk that's unhappy where they are and they want to leave. Go get someone like that and I will be happy. But, big but, they will use those picks and get someone terrible. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen because they are cursed. And that's, you know, that's really it. But I'll be like, I everybody pretty much, I've thought about it. You can, they can't, besides RJ, I wouldn't be mad if they got rid of anyone else. Everyone else can literally go and I wouldn't care. So you said Thibodeau, you mentioned, you mm-hmm. said, hey, I think he ran his course. He hit mm-hmm. his ceiling, right? So yeah. who, who's your guy? Like who's out there? Well, we could have had, what's his face from, um, who's, I forget where he's coaching now. He's fucking coaching great. We could have had him. He's on our bench. But um, go get like a young guy, like a younger, I, I, I don't really have like anybody in particular, you know? But I'm sure there's like a young assistant coach on like the Heat or like one of these teams that were just in like the finals. There's probably like a, a young assistant coach on one of those teams that would be a fucking perfect. I want like a like a, a veteran coach, not a veteran. I want like a younger, almost Jason Kidd type of coach. Like if we could get Jason Kidd, like I former mean, player, would you yeah. take Kidd? Yeah, I would take it. I mean, he's coaching and um, he bounces around a lot. Yeah, but no, he's. Uh, yeah, I, I, w- I wouldn't mind a coach. I, give me Patrick fucking Ewing. Well, it, this is what I, <laughs> this is exactly what I was gonna say. And I'm like, it might be a give little, it might be a little gimmicky. I don't care, but it would be great for New York. Oh my Bring god, bring yeah. Patrick Ewing home and try it. Mm-hmm. Give me try a, it. Yeah, I, I mean, the I media will eat it up. The fans will eat it up. Mm-hmm. The garden would be 
fucking rocking. Yeah, dude. because players we, are going to want to play for him. Yeah, we you know we fucking it's it put it this it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like so, if we had Pat and we were losing, it would suck. But if we had another coach and we were we were going to have another coach, he would be losing also. Sure. So it doesn't mean, you know what I'm saying? So at least if we had Pat, it would be exciting. But now here's the risk of that. And when, when, it's you, when absolutely you think terrible it, and he ruins his fucking legacy. face in New York. Yes. He'll never ruin his playing legacy here. It doesn't matter what he would do as a coach. Uh, it's such a sensitive thing, man, when you look at that, though, and you're considering legacy, his whole body of work for his whole career. And then the last thing that he does is coaches the Knicks and it becomes a complete disaster. And that's what everybody remembers. I mean, think uh, about... You know, think about Phil Jackson, how he's thought of in New York. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a little different. I feel like if Phil was coaching and that's how it went, it would be like, you know, worse. But I don't know. I I don't think it would ruin his life. His playing legacy here is cemented. I mean, it's cemented. If if he would have won a championship, it really would have been fucking cemented. Untouchable. Yeah. He would have been fucking, you know, walking around. Dude couldn't tell him shit. You still can't tell him shit, you know? But, like, if he was a – let's say he goes there and has, like, one of the all-time worst seasons, like, it would suck. But I feel like I'd st- I still look at Pat with, like, affection. <laughs> you know, like, most Knicks fans that really love Ewing would understand him coming in that it's not a guaranteed thing that we're going to win. I think we go into that knowing that already. So it would be almost like if we won, it would kind of just be more of a plus, actually. Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. so used to losing. Right. It's not surprising or different. It's just how the culture is. It's been a losing fucking culture. And that's why I think, I mean, yes, I didn't mention the risk of the legacy tarnish, right? But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean I, I think it's a bad idea. I still think they should take that risk and do it. Um, yeah, because like you just said, they've lost for so long. Yeah. They need to... Uh, fuel the fan base with something exciting. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you put a Hall of Famer, you know, type guy out there that's so special to New York, so special to the Garden. I mean, you know, an icon and have him yeah. lead the team. People are going to eat that shit up, man. Absolutely. And, um, and it's not going to lose them all. So the one games that you're winning, they're going to be fucking awesome. And do you think that, <laughs> you know, for in, in terms of free agency and, and signing guys, mm-hmm. To people have an icon there? Do yeah. people, you think people are going to want to play for him? I think it helps. It definitely doesn't hurt, you know? Yeah. Especially if you have, like, a, like a big man, like a young big man coming out, you know? Because Pat was one of them first big men that was really taking jumpers and shit like that. So, like, I, I feel like there's a lot they can learn, and they'd want to learn from, obviously, a fucking Hall of Famer. And then I think you put in a really, really good assistant head coach next to him yeah, that has experience. Yeah. Like, right, could guide him kind of through the like process. Like Kenny Atkinson. So, someone. Because that dude's a straight-up Someone teacher. like that. Um, what's Mike Woodson doing? Does he want uh, to come back? I think, I forget. I think he's coaching a college somewhere. Is he? Yeah. Like, he would be perfect in that role. I mean, yeah. I don't know if he would come back in yeah. that type of role because he's been a head coach there already. Yeah. But, like, someone like that would be perfect. If Mark Jackson wasn't such a fucking weirdo. Psycho, yeah. 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 I'd be all about that. He's, like, a big-time freaky religious guy, yeah. too, right? Oh, yeah. That's why, like, I'm not about it. Because, like, I heard players are very standoffish against him because he's very preachy. Preachy. Yeah, he's yeah. very preachy. Someone like that would hurt fucking recruitment for sure. But, no, that was just my, like, little... Nick's draft thing because I feel like I'm not miserably mad at the fact that we have all these picks now. It's just of how we use them. As long as they use them with some intelligence, 
I'll be okay with not with walking away with just one player in that draft because we did end up drafting his name escapes me plays for he's a forward for Duke he's he's kind of built like that Dort guy from fucking OKC but uh you know second round 46 pick or whatever but like you can find guys like that there's guys out there in those rounds that turn out to be players so and even guys that end up not going in the draft and they end up signing right after the draft like uh Rutgers just had Ron Harper Jr. signed with the Raptors mm-hmm. I believe kid's got a chance he's a solid talented player so yeah the Knicks I give their draft um um, incomplete? Inc- is that fair? I was also going to say like a two Mod Owens out of Oh, we're hitting the Mod Owens scale. Take care, brush your hair. Yeah, on to um, some other fucking business. Yeah, but it's Saturday while we're recording this today, and it's a little hot. I think today is the first USFL playoff game. Oh, shit. What time's that at? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's today, though. It's today or tomorrow, but almost certain it's today. And got to shout out the Jersey fucking Generals, baby, because they're the GOATs. Of the league. <laughs> like, they are, there's, their playoff is four teams. So it's like two, you know, two and two, and then the winners just play each other for the championship. So it's a real quick playoff. You know, the Generals won their division, the North Division. And the reason I call them the GOATs is because on their team alone, they had the coach of the year, Mike Riley, the offensive player of the year, which is their running back. His name was like, something Victor. His last name's Victor and all that. And, and they had the MVP of the whole USFL, Cavante Turpin, the receiver. Bro, this guy, when you watch him play, I there's no reason he's not going to get a chance to play in the NFL. Like, I don't know why he's not there now, but he just looks like the perfect slot receiver. You know what I'm saying? Because he's not a huge guy, but... Are these guys eligible to sign on? I th- think so. Yeah. They have to be some type of connected because Daryl Johnson, Moose, he was the guy who... Um, presented the awards to the players because he's the executive vice president of the football operations there so he's still connected to the nfl you know through broadcasting and all that so it's not like so that's why i feel like there has to be some type of small bridge between the two yeah and then when the xfl comes i mean that's gonna i, be I wonder what's weird. gonna happen that's yeah exactly it's almost like there's there there'll be too many cooks mm-hmm. in the kitchen there one League is going to have to fold, and I do think it's going to be the USF. Yeah, which is sad because they put a lot into it this year, and then next year they're going to be able to play in their home cities. and They still have runway for like – it's still going to be a thing for at least two more years, I think, regardless of if it doesn't fizzle out after mm-hmm. that. But um, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it would kind of be cool if they combined the two, XFL and USFL, maybe together. like the rosters at least? So like, nah. So like uh, – or even, yeah, like early NFL days. You had the AFL and the NFL, mm-hmm. right? And they really weren't playing each other. Right, exactly. So maybe they could do something like that. That would be something like that, I think would be kind of cool, at least. You know, like you have the XFL and then you have the USFL. And they play together in a league, but they don't play each other to like the playoff, the championship yeah. or the playoff games, you know? Something like that. I think something like that would actually be awesome. That would be cool. You know? Well, like SmackDown versus Raw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What was interesting about the the generals too? Mm-hmm. It, didn't they deploy like a two quarterback system this for year? For a lot of the games, yeah, it was. They had the actually they had for a lot of the games they had uh, Luis Perez, who was the the New Jersey Guardians quarterback from the XFL. Wasn't McGloin the Guardians quarterback for like Originally, two games? Right? Yeah, and he was terrible. <laughs> and this Perez kid came in and was killing it, and he's leading the fucking team here to the fucking playoffs and all that. Like he could play. 
But you got to look at some of these Turpin highlights because even that running back who won offensive player, he's built like a, you know, like one of those like small fucking bowling ball around like a Maurice Jones drew running. Back. That's exactly who I was thinking when you're going that mm-hmm. way. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, modern day NFL mm-hmm. wide receiver for sure. He fits that mold. I guess maybe there's just so many guys that are actually talented out there and not enough room in the NFL. So, like, there's guys that, that, that there's definitely guys that slip through the cracks. There's no doubt. That's why I, lo- I love the concept back in the day of NFL Europe, too, mm-hmm. because that was aligned with the NFL mm-hmm. and it was really a farm system. And yeah. each team had their own um, NFL Europe team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So it was a legitimate, you know, um, minor league farm mm-hmm. system where you could breed, breed guys yeah. and bring them along and nurture them. Whereas, they might not have an opportunity because there's such limited space on an NFL roster. And like you said, there's so many guys. Yeah. There's so many out there. football is the most popular sport. So, like, everybody wants to do and everybody wants to play it growing up. So, like, that's why everybody's going. You know? So, like, there's so many. And I that's the one. The NFL really is lacking in a minor league system. Because I all these other leagues have one. The NFL is the only league that doesn't. I and think the XFL is really going to become that. I hope it does. You know, but really then, the, but even then, they need to have a full, you know, complemented teams to match the amount. Which is why I feel like they should have them and the USFL do separate kind of a line because you know they might not have each each of them might not have the budget to equate with all of them together. You know what I'm saying? So you handle your shit throughout the season, and then you share revenue in the playoffs. You know, NBA. G League, D League, whole nine yards, you know? Fucking MLB, double A, triple A, single A, minor league, you know, independent league baseball. They are so, that the fucking MLB has levels to their shit when it comes to minor leagues, you know? And then NHL, AHL. Every one of these leagues that's a pro league, I'm sure soccer has a minor league. I don't know shit about it, but the NFL, they need it. They really need it. I feel like that's what's really lacking in today's game is probably that because you're missing out on so much possible talent. Because like this Turpin guy comes out of the UFL, USFL shining like a fucking diamond, you know? What do you do if he, if he comes to the NFL? Who knows? He steps off the field, he could be a fucking star there too. You never know. You love stories like that too. Oh, yeah. Like those are the best. Underdog stories. You know, guys coming out of nowhere, um, shining in camp, getting an opportunity in preseason. You know who's... uh, You never know what could happen. Whose son is on a USFL team? Whose? Remember the guy... uh, Played for Philadelphia, played for the Eagles. They made that movie about him with Mark Wahlberg. Papali, Vincent Papali. I think it's Vincent Papali. Yeah, yeah. He he was he was like they were offering like tryouts down at yeah. the vet, and he actually won a roster spot. His son plays receiver in the USFL. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I wonder, like guys, like like we talked about this before. To still out there, mm-hmm. like playing once in a while, things like that. Like if he wants to get more competitive. Why, why does he go to USFL? I would mm-hmm. love to see him there. Oh, yeah. Or XFL. Mm-hmm. You know, either or. It's like, you know, I, I compare it to like wrestling and stuff like that. Like where sometimes a um, smaller uh, federation or whatever. Let's just compare WWE and AEW. WWE releases some veterans. AEW scoops them up. And then, you know, it helps build, uh, you know, an audience. And people are attracted to the the big brand names, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Jeff Hardys, the Matt Hardys. You know, th- oh, yeah. things like that. So, like, I think you could kind of do the same with, like, these minor league football systems where 
hey, if there's an older guy that still wants to play, like mm-hmm. T.O. Yeah. or Mike Vick or you know anyone like that, why not put them on a roster, yeah. man? People will tune into that. Exactly. You're gonna if at the very least you're getting people, you're getting eyes on your product, more eyes at the very least. And, and that's, that's the name of the game, and especially that's what for you these want. leagues. That yeah. you know, if they don't get that viewership, they fold. Yeah, and they're dependent on it. To I'd me, be knocking no on the door for it's some no of those brainer. guys. No brainer. You know. Yeah. And, like, this is a little bit, like, not off topic, but indifferent, but you got, like, um, uh, Arch Manning, right? Just found, just said he just he's signing with Texas, Texas, right? He's, he's going to Texas. This kid is so, like, up there when it comes to just pressure, I guess to say, like, his name, state, stature. He's making more money now in high school probably than some NFL players Made in their whole fucking career because of the brand name, right? Yeah, yeah the Manning name, yeah, the Manning name. Yeah, and like that—that that goes a long way. I, like it's crazy. So, like, if you let's say you took a player like that and you convinced somebody like that to go to one of these alternative leagues, can you imagine? Like, you want to talk about getting eyes on your product? Yeah, I mean that would be crazy. I mean, you obviously can't do that because he's going to college or something different. But let's say like he went to college for like a couple of years and then. At the end of college, like, oh, you can be the NFL. He's like, no, I'm going to go to the XFL or something like. Can you imagine? I just don't think they'd have the budget to pull. No, it they, off. they, they definitely, they definitely. But think don't, about this. But. I think it was was it the original version of the USFL back in the day? I mean, they mm-hmm. had Steve like, Young, Steve Young, yeah, a bunch of other guys, guys um, that opted to go there first. Yeah, and then eventually did make their way to the NFL, but went there first because USFL was ponying up a lot of money for some of these marquee guys coming out. Um, yeah, because I mean, money talks, dude. At the end of the day, it takes one guy. That's what I'm saying. Like money talks. So if you had the budget, something like that to get like a high, like a, a person like that, you know, like someone that's going to be like a first round talent, like and guaranteed, or or even like somebody that's an established Hall of Famer, like get them to jump. It, like you said, it only takes one guy, one guy, and one, that makes it fucking competitive. One fucking guy, you know. Other people will follow, man. If that guy finds success and he's getting the endorsement deals, he's getting big contracts. Um, yeah, I mean that's going to be appealing to other people. Why not an alternative? You know, yeah. um, it's different. Uh, this is like similar but different. Like you, know, you got with AEW, you have fucking this Forbidden Door. Now you have all like the New Japan guys all cycling through. Like like I was just saying, I love that I can watch fucking Will Ospreay fight in AEW, but yeah, he's not really there. You know, like. You obviously can't do that with, like, football and shit like that. But it's kind of a similar thing if you're talking about integrating stuff like that, like players to different leagues. I'd be interested in a piece of shit league. Take all the guys. dirtbag league? Yeah, yeah. Every guy that's been suspended, can't Mm. play in the league anymore, Uh anything like that, and just put them all in a fucking (laughs) league together. That'd be awesome. That'd be so sick. I'd watch and, and that. And make like high high incentives for like certain things. Yeah. Um, murder. No. no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Speaking of like kind of dirtbaggish dudes though, you saw Pac-Man. Yeah. Feel good story yeah, from Pac-Man. Yeah, it's a feel good story for Pac-Man because normally, that's what I'm saying, like that's why it kind of caught my attention because a lot of people view Pac-Man a certain way. You know, they view him. And rightfully like, so. I yeah. mean, he has a track record. a dirty honestly. player. Yeah. A little selfish of Getting a player, trouble. troublemaker, yeah. But if if people didn't see the story, ex teammate Chris Henry, if you don't remember, he fucking he was not, you know, he was a little bit of a bad boy himself. 
He he passed. He passed. He ended up dying. Wait, he he fell off the back of a truck. I remember. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. He was like fighting with his girlfriend, and she was like trying to get away and drove off. And he jumped in like the bed the bed of the truck or whatever and fell mm-hmm. out. Like it was something crazy like that. So um, when he passed, you know, he left behind his kids, and I never knew that Pac Man adopted his kids and is like now the his uh, oldest son is like old enough to be college age he's apparently they a really play ball, good right? yeah, yeah apparently he's a good receiver so he's got offers and you got pac-man going around the country with him and like showing like taking him in all these visits on all these schools and i i think that's uh you know it's a really commendable thing to do actually yeah, i mean that's a man stepping up yeah b- like, big time stepping up for your friend who doesn't have to i mean yeah. you know oh, at the end of the day not. you know it's it's you know it's not your responsibility necessarily no. but for you to See an opportunity to you know help these young men and um, you know nurture them through some formidable years going into college and you know potentially looking for an NFL career to have someone a that could be a father figure to help guide you through some mm-hmm. of these things with decisions and b having a former player that's been yeah. through that process. It's I like mean, a good mentor. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. I mean, so kudos to, yeah. to Pac-Man for stepping up. And uh, I always respect. Nice. nice I respect the cat. I respect the Cowboys, Pac-Man. He had a good run. Yeah. He was, dude, he was a good player, man. Like I said, he was longevity, too. I mean, with, with all yeah. the shit surrounding Pac Man, oh, yeah. right? He played in the league for a long yeah. time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He, he definitely, you know, he, he got his wear in for sure. But, um, why don't we, uh, why don't we take a break? All right. Take a break and cool then, down a little yeah. bit. <laughs> we'll, uh, there's, uh, We'll do more NFL. Yeah, we got uh, after the break. We're going to do the football card segment as well, Mm. where I select random cards from my collection. Uh, We started that last week, so we're going to continue with that when we come back. Mm. So, guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this. What's up, guys? It's Sturge from Chop Sports, and today I'm here to finally deliver some new happenings with our friends over at Absolute Eyewear. You already know the deal. They're stocked. They have the biggest brands, including Ray-Ban, Polo, and now introducing its newest player to their star-studded lineup, Oakley. They work with all your major insurance companies, including BCBS, AARP, and so much more. If you check out Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, next to the train station, you'll receive $100 off any prescription frames and lenses. That's $100. Check them out right now by either calling 732-326-3937 or visit their website, absolute-eyewear.com. Tell them Chop Sports Sturch sent you. Guys, behind every great sports fan is a spouse or a significant other that tirelessly puts up with us day in and day out, and sometimes they're even bigger fans than we are. At Chop Sports, we're all about helping all brands expand their business, and today we want to talk to you guys about a women's clothing company out of North Carolina called Lilac and Sage Boutique. Tell them, Dita. Lilac and Sage Boutique is a veteran-owned, LEL-spouse-operated boutique based out of North Carolina. They were founded by those who serve. Their goal is to continue their service by providing affordable clothing to other hardworking women. They ship orders all over the world. They have all sorts of amazing styles, ranging from women's tops, rompers, to sundresses. I myself have already purchased way too many items, and I'm coming back for more. Guys, you have to act now, and at checkout, be sure to let them know you heard about them via Chop Sports by entering the code CHOP10 and get 10% off your purchase at checkout. Visit them online right now at www.lilacsageboutique.com and follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Lilac Sage Boutique and join their mailing list like I did so I don't miss any of their new arrivals. You heard it from the producer herself, ladies and gentlemen. Check out lilacsageboutique.com. And we are back. Back mm-hmm. for the second half of episode 20 
420. Our first milestone episode. I, yeah. Mini I milestone. I guess you could say so. On the Chop Sports <laughs> Network. Why not? Pat yeah, ourselves on the back. Two fucking zero. I'll take it, baby. I'll take it. Um, yeah, so but yeah, gonna... now it's football card time. I don't know. There's no like real name for a segment. But... I was, dude, it's funny. <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking about that last night. I'm like, we got to really get a name for this segment. I guess. But, um, you know, I want it to happen organically. I don't want to mm. force anything. Um, so we're going to do this. And Ugh. fuck it. If anyone has suggestions or anything like that. Give us a shout. Yeah. Because we Maybe need a you name can for this name thing. It. Maybe you can name it. Yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> so for the people that uh, didn't tune in last week, quick little intro into this segment. So I've been, as you know, a football collector, uh, a card collector for many, many years mm-hmm. back in the days, right? Like when everybody yep. was collecting, um, I was hitting the local card shops as a kid with my dad, um, getting a ton of shit from there, getting stuff like on holidays, birthdays, full boxes, collector sets type deals. Um, so yeah, man, I haven't touched them in years. Mm. And I was clearing out my base, uh, not my basement, my attic for a, uh, a garage sale. Mm-hmm. And I, I still have them like, you know, they're, they're yeah. still protected. They're in mm-hmm. casing and everything like that. But I just haven't seen them in a while. I'm like, let me bring them yeah. down. So I started looking at a couple and I'm like, this would be a really fun segment for the podcast. Just blindly selecting from random cards, which I thought was from my elite collection, but I think it's mixed. (laughs) So we said we do like three. Yeah, we're going to do three. We're going to do three. We're going to take a look at the card and uh, we'll go from there. We'll talk about the card. We'll talk about the player. We'll talk about Mm -hmm. the brand, all that good stuff. So let's get right into it. By the way, I realized that I have, because I have a lot of cards. I was saying, you know, like besides my elite cards, I have more basketball cards than anything else. So what do we got here on the first poll? This is a good one, the actually. first poll, man. what do we got? Um, I don't know if anyone tuning in is going to remember this far back. <laughs> if we have some older listeners out there, maybe, maybe around our age, a little older. This card's from 1992. Or those Virginia listeners, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I think they fell off. Oh, what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> it's a 1992 um, Pro Set. Pro mm-hmm. Set card. Um, Dan McGuire. Dan McGuire. Seattle Seahawks. Did he play quarterback? Yes. Number oh, 10, Dan yeah, McGuire. I think he was supposed to be a big. He deal. was supposed, uh, yeah, because that's why I remember. I remember thinking, like, remember my dad's friends talking about that guy back in the day. Like, he's supposed to be something. I don't think he ever was. So yeah, I, I definitely think he was a bust. Um, <laughs> but classic, classic um, on on the front of the card, the old school Seattle Seahawks jerseys. Like I said I like them. They're ugly. Like you said, they have their charm. I think they have like their own little. Because there are ugly jerseys, but I just like them. I don't, I don't know. I've always had a thing. I always thought they were, like, cool. I don't know. There's a, there's one in particular I did, like, uh, I think when we were at the Vintage Wave, I saw it mm-hmm. in Asbury when they were uh, still up. It was a Sean Springs. Uh-huh. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, blue, oh, I remember blue that. throwback. Yeah, and I yeah. almost bought it because it was yeah. just it was so cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, oh, no, no they're, they're ugly jerseys. But, yeah, this is a pro set from 1992. Dan McGuire, number <laughs> 10, quarterback. Dan for the McGuire. Seattle Seahawks, I think drafted in 90, 1991. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think at the first round. So in 91, he didn't play much. I don't know. Who who do you think the starting quarterback was? 91 yeah. for the Seahawks? It wasn't Meyer, was it? It could have been. Yeah. Maybe. Rick Meyer, maybe. I'm not sure. I'd have to look that up. But um, yeah. yeah, so year one, he didn't do only seven uh, seven attempts, three completions. Uh, and a pick. <laughs> and a pick. <laughs> very. Yeah, that's why I said very basic. <laughs> to, to throw it in. But, um, yeah. So I remember the name. 
Apparently, uh, Dan McGuire is the only quarterback ever selected in the first round by the Seattle Seahawks at that time. Oh, yeah. That's only changed. played in first half of one game during a rookie year. So all his action came yeah. from that one game. Huh. Um, and his brother, here you go. I, I, I think I remember this, but I totally forgot. Huh. This was Mark McGuire's brother. Was it? Yeah. Oh, shit. It says right in the card, his brother, Mark, <laughs> plays for the Oakland A's. And at oh, that time, shit. Yeah. Mark McGuire, there That's you go. Young career. That's a fun little connection. fun fact, man. I, not know, I, I had no idea he had a brother. That's funny. And you learn something new every day. This is what happens when you pick random cards from Dom's collection. So that is number the one. first card, number one, Dan McGuire Let's from see. the Seattle Seahawks. And um, I think I'll continue like what I did last week when I put the pictures on the mm, gram. Yeah, fuck it. That not? was cool, right? So yeah. everyone could see the cards and shit like that. We'll definitely do that again. So um, let's go ahead let's go. and pick another number card. Two. Number two. Ah, yes. Um, <laughs> a Topps Stadium Club edition. Mm. Um, we're going back to 1993. And I think this is actually... Let's see. 1993. I think this could be... Is this a rookie card or no? No. Okay. Who is he? It's Eric Turner, safety huh. from the Cleveland Browns. Do you remember Eric Turner? I, Number 29. I, I, Adam, at the top of my head, not really. No. No, he doesn't stand out. I do remember this card. Um, of course you do. It's your card. Yeah, but uh, Eric Turner, Cleveland Browns. Um, let's see, 1992, he had one sack, 115 tackles, Damn, 68 solo tackles, um, one pick, and uh, very three forced fumbles, and yeah. two fumble recoveries. Sounds like a very, very basic. Steady. Steady year. Not too great, but made a couple plays probably when you needed it. Okay, so none overly exciting. I did like the Dan McGuire yeah, the Mark card McGuire a little better than Eric Turner. A nice connection, you know. Yep, yep, yep. But let's see, what, what's number three? What's the last card we got for the game? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I this don't is definitely this not one. your elite collection of cards. I know. Uh, hopefully next week we'll uh, we'll step our game up. But this is <laughs> what happens when I pick random and I don't have my shit in order. So yeah. um, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. It's a 1991 Upper Deck. Upper Decker. It is clean, <laughs> pristine. Richard Johnson, cornerback uh, from the Houston Oilers. Nice. In the clean white tops. I love the Oilers jerseys. With those powder baby blue. Oilers jerseys are like my favorite old throwbacks. Those and like the old Rams, the blue and the yellow. The yellow? Those, yeah. All those are fine. Do you like the Titans jerseys? I don't. I never have. I always thought they were whatever. Yeah, they should go back to the Oilers. Oh, it'd be amazing. So, yeah, Richard Jefferson, all right, Oilers, uh, six seasons here documented uh, from 86 to 1990. Doesn't look like he made a lot of uh, an impact. <laughs> yeah, he, don't, he is not uh, 23 looking. tackles, 29 tackles, 54, 26, 70. Um, probably wasn't even a starter then, if that's yeah. the case, um, with those stats. So, uh, this one's kind of a bust, too. Um, <laughs> speaking about busts, my favorite one is Dan McGuire yeah. uh, from this group. So that's, that's bad. Dude, <laughs> hopefully next week we get some better ones here because the first two weeks have been uh, shaky. Yeah, to say the least. But <laughs> hang with us, guys. We're going to keep this segment going. Unless you guys are terribly bored, let us know and uh, we'll mix it. But for now, that's let's let roll. The cards. That's that the segment. The cards. 
All right, brother. So I think we're going to stay NFL heavy here. NFL heavy today. Let's do it. Yeah, Let's do it. What you me. got? It's a nice summer day. Yeah. <laughs> making me feel, making me crave football. Oh, oh come on, baby. It's almost yeah. here. Training. So camp. no, there's like, uh, I got like these four little things. I got most of these. I think they're all from actually CBS Sports' Instagram. Okay. So shout out. So like I said, they have my favorite. It's like my favorite Instagram account for sports shit. So always like mix it up. So they have this one here is uh, you choose your own 80s all-star team. So you choose a quarterback, two wideouts, a uh, running back, and a tight end. So you got to choose them like each from a line. So I figure we can go through, pick our squad. Okay, okay. And that'd be that. I like it. Let's yeah. do it, brother. All right. So I guess I'll fucking kick it off. All righty. Do you want me to pick my whole team or just do player position by position? What are we going to do? Uh, pick your whole team. Okay. So I'll run through the players real fast so everybody gets an idea of uh, – who you have to choose from. As for the quarterback, you could pick Joe Montana, Dan Fouts, Dan Marino, John Elway, or Jim Kelly. Your running back options, Walter Payton, Eric Dickerson, Roger Craig, Marcus Allen, and Tony Dorsett. Receivers. So when it says pick two receivers, so you have to pick one from each of these lines. So the first, you know, you have Jerry Rice, James Lofton, Mark Clayton, Henry Ellard, Chris Collinsworth, fucking loser. Uh, Steve Largent, like I was just saying, Art Monk, uh, Mark Dope. I don't even know who Duper. Dope. I don't even know who that is. I never heard that. Yeah. <laughs> Andre Reed and Stanley Morgan. And tight ends, you get Kellen Winslow, Ozzie Newsom, Mark Bavaro, Todd Christensen, or Keith Jackson. Okay. So, without further ado, my 80s fucking all-star team. Let's hear it, brother. I'm going with first at quarterback, John Elway. Running back, this might come as a bit of a surprise because most people probably think I'd go with Tony Dorsett for, you know, obvious reasons, but I'm going to go with Eric Dickerson. Can't knock that at all, man. You know? Could not knock that. I mean, that's a good group of running backs, too. Uh, yeah. Man. And then my receivers would be, I, I got to go with Jerry Rice. Duh. And then I'd probably go with Art Monk. That fast, long receiver, almost a Randy Moss before Classic, Randy yeah. Moss. Yep, Redskins, you know? man. And then when it comes to tight end, just for good man factor, Ozzie Newsom. Okay. Because he's just a good man. So we got. <laughs> so my all star team with John Elway, Eric Dickerson, Jerry Rice, Art Monk, Ozzie Newsom. I don't think that's bad. bad fucking lineup. So, I would trust that lineup. That's your 80s all-star offense. Yeah, it's my 80s all-star offense. Okay. Here's mine. Yeah, let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, quarterback, I'm going with Joe Montana. Okay, that's kind of figure. It's my QB1, no <laughs> doubt. That's easy for me. Although, you know, Elway's right up there. Oh, yeah. I loved Elway. That's why I got to that group, too. Like, couldn't, yeah. Yeah, but, but Montana's the guy for me, 100%. percent mm. Running back, I mean, this is tough. I can only pick one from this yeah, group. Yeah, that's... Uh, I'm going with Walter Payton. Yeah, I, you can't argue yeah, any of that. You going, can't argue any of these. No, I, no way. Wide receiver, mm. Jerry Rice. Yeah. he's. I think he might be my favorite receiver of all, all time. time. Pretty damn close. Yeah. Pretty damn I close. I think Turpin's mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my wide receiver, number two. Mm-hmm. Going with Andre Reid. I Reed, knew you were going to go with Andre Reid. Andre Reid, even all though. Although, I'm about to say the Bills. Yeah, I'm going with the Bills guy. Andre Reid was just a tough He was a fucking. Dude, he man. was insane. 
You know? Yeah. I feel um, bad he never won one. Him and Jim Kelly. He reminded me of, like, Anquan Bolden. Oh, you know, yeah. Just super fucking reliable. Tough as hell. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I want my wide receiver number two. Yeah. So Rice and Andre Reid. Fuck with those guys, man. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my tight end? Yeah. Mark Bavaro, dude. Yeah. Mark Blue Nose. My dad loved him. Lunch Pail Bavaro. My that's dad what I'm going with. My dad used to rock. My dad has his jersey still. So we got Montana, uh-huh. Walter Payton, uh-huh. Jerry Rice. <laughs> went down the, we almost went down the whole front line. Andre uh-huh. Reid uh-huh. and Mark uh-huh. Bavaro. That That's wraps up your all-star offense. 80s all-star offense. <laughs> yeah, man, I like, like that. Fucking laser sound effects. <laughs> all right. Now, like I said, we got like, it's, it's, mo- it's, it's, it's easy stuff to go through. It's quick stuff, but it's fun stuff. Yeah. Let's so keep it cruising. There's this other one. It says, uh, it's, it's each NFL team's offensive GOAT. So it's like their all-time best offensive player, no matter what the position, which, I, I mean, it's, they just have them listed. And I just wanted to go through them to see if we agree, maybe not agree, if we could come up with a better one than they did. Okay. You know? Lay it on me, brother. Because some of these are a little surprising when it comes to offensive goats. You know what I'm saying? So the first one is the Baltimore Ravens. They have Jonathan Ogden listed as their offensive goat, which you... You re- it's hard to argue otherwise, but you just had Lamar Jackson win an MVP. Huh, yeah. I mean, I wonder what kind of criteria you're going to set. Is it based on just, you know, historically? I mean, Ogden yeah, obviously winning, had the longer career yeah. than Lamar so far. Yeah, and I, get, I get it. And that's nothing to Lamar's fault, mm-hmm. obviously, right? So, I mean, I guess He's whoever's picking this up, I, I, they, I'm sure they have some type of criteria. So, I mean, just all-time greatness, Ogden was so fucking dominant. So, like, I definitely get that pick. I get it. I mean, I can't hate on it. So, it's not like I can sit here and argue. I just think I'm like, you got Lamar Jackson doing things that were, you know, insane. I know he's only done it for a short period of time. But, you know, so, I mean, I'm not a, I, I'll give it to them. I, that one I'll agree with, Nick, because I'll say Ogden's eye. Because <laughs> he's definitely good. And we'll keep, you know, I think they did it by uh, divisions, actually, too. So, this makes this works out. So next you have the Steelers, and obviously their offensive go here. They have Big Ben, which you like that. Um, yeah, but I mean, you also had greats that played to like, like fucking Swan and fucking Terry Bradshaw. I mean, Terry Bradshaw definitely won more Super Bowls than Big Ben, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I, I would give it to Big. I mean, Big Ben's probably you know it's it probably is, but to me personally, if you're gonna go quarterback, the Terry Bradshaw was Big Ben way before Big Ben. Yeah. So I don't personally agree with that one. All right. That's fair. I, I Listen, man. Um, I think it's up, it's up in the air, but I don't think you can fault them for picking Roethlisberger no. either. No. Especially with recency bias. And the next one from the Cincinnati Bengals, mm-hmm. I mean, oh. there's no question. Right now, today, however, oh, this yeah. could change. This could easily change. Very, very soon. Especially when you have... Throwing the ball and who you have catching the ball. Pick one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Anthony Munoz. Yeah, and you can't argue that. I say Anthony boomer knock. <laughs> yeah. No, Munoz, yeah, absolute fucking probably like top three tackles of all time, you know, when it comes down to it. And then on the Browns, you have classic Jim Brown. No brainer. Yeah, name. that's a no brainer. Yeah, like might as well name the franchise after the guy. <laughs> Oh, another one no-brainer when it comes to the AFC yeah, East, yeah, yeah, yeah. New England Patriots, all-time GOAT. I wonder who it could be. You think they put Belichick on there? 
No. no. It's Thomas, no. Ulysses, Vandercott, Brady. Pussy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'm hitting all these little ascot fucking bitch names. Uh, I mean, that, okay, whatever. It's yeah, obvious. It's Tom. The next one. Oh, and this one's also obvious to me. The Bills. When you think of the Bills from the 80s, you immediately think of fucking... Jim Kelly? Yeah, no. O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson? Yeah, I mean, listen. Sure. I, I, I would put Jim Kelly there. Yeah. Um, And I think eventually Josh Allen's going to take that spot, unfortunately, yep. as well. Mm-hmm. But, but for now, okay. I think still go Simpson's fine. Dolphins, another obvious another no choice. brainer. Dan Marino. Now the Jets. Yeah. The Jets. All right, listen. They, there's an argument for this one. There's two people. Well, yeah. Well, they have Willie. The, the one they have is Joe Namath, and I can't argue any otherwise. No, but there's another guy. Who's your? Oh yeah, I know you got to have someone else. It's Curtis Martin. Oh yeah, it's Curtis Martin. Think about that. Yeah. If Curtis Martin won a Super Bowl with the Jets. Oh yeah. And I get it. Listen, Namath is the franchise. Mm-hmm. Got us to our only Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, it's still the face of the Fair. fucking franchise Fair. to this day. He plays a premier position, quarterback. Get mm-hmm. it. All that stuff. 100%. I love Namath. Yeah. I love Namath. Are you I kidding me? But you look at Curtis Martin's body of work mm-hmm. uh, during his Jets oh, career, it, man. Come on. Yeah. he was. Uh, he's a top back. There's no question. But no. I mean, the, but with Namath being there, still can't say it's not. A good choice. No, 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 no. Of course not. I mean, I'm not going to argue that. Yeah. I'm just saying there's yeah. another option that. No, yeah, that's the whole. Idea. That's the whole. Smart. It's the whole idea of this thing. Mm-hmm. Let's keep on so, cruising. The Colts. Now you have Peyton Manning. Very obvious. Beyond obvious. You know, yep. you could have told me like Marvin Harrison or something too, and maybe Edwin James, but yeah, uh, yeah but no. yeah. Listen, uh, Peyton's yeah. one of the greatest it's quarterbacks the greatest, of all yeah. time. It, yeah, he's to me. To me. Peyton Manning was the best quarterback I think I've watched play. Because there was that one year when he broke all those records in Denver that I remember watching myself. I remember watching that year saying, like, I'd never seen a quarterback play this well in my life. Yeah. That's obvious. Then we move on to the Titans. You like this one? Bruce I mean, can't argue. Uh, I can argue, but uh, I think King Henry might. I agree. I can, uh, there's an argument to be made. I agree. That I think he might be their offensive GOAT. Especially in re- if you have give me a recency bias, hundred percent, ain't nobody touching him. And know? if Chris Johnson had more longevity, yeah, who knows? You he could have been that guy too. For sure, he did he have was. the two thousand yard season, man. So CJ two K. I think you can't discount what he did for yeah, the franchise. So either. I can sit here and I can say Bruce Matthews, sure, but not really. I can I can argue other guys. Okay. Uh, the next one. This is obvious. Yeah, another the Texans. Obvious. Andre Johnson, one of my favorite receivers Me of too. all time, hands down. Dude. Sucks his career was wasted there. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah. Oh, I, I'll tell you what though, I'm happy he never ended up in the pa- uh, Patriots uniform. Oh, thank God. He would have done some fucking damage with Brady. Yeah. Can you imagine? Oh my God, yeah. Then you got the Jaguars with Tony Baselli. Another one you can't argue because they never really had. But you know what? Fred Taylor. I would. I was gonna say Maurice Jones Drew. Jones Drew. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Those two was a, such an underrated back. For Fred Taylor, back. though, man, Fred Taylor, was really too. fucking good. Yeah, really good yeah, and underrated. Good. Yeah, very, yeah, he was very underrated. But it, it, you want to give it to Baselli? I get it. It was like their first draft pick. Yeah, yeah. he's Hall of Famer, probably right. Was he on the list for the Hall of Famer? He was. He was. Oh, yeah, sure we yeah, we were talking about ballot. that a while back. Yeah. Yep. All right, so now we move down to the fucking Chiefs, and it's already Patrick Mahomes, and you can't even argue it. It's, you know, like yep. After year two, it was fucking Patrick Mahomes, you know? I like the Chargers one. Oh, hell yeah. LaDainian Tomlinson. One of my favorite running one, backs of all one time, One of the too. best backs of all time. Had a great uh, 
short run with the Jets, but Ooh. a memorable one, man. I, oh, I, yeah. I loved LT, man. He even oh, has yeah. Jet tattoo on him. Yeah, I know. Does he really? Yeah, on his, on his uh, like half or something. I yeah. respect that. Yeah, you know. Fucking next, you got the Broncos with another obvious John Elway. We were just talking about him. He's my '80s all fucking time quarterback there. The Raiders. The Raiders. They got Gene Upshaw. Wow, that's a name Going I haven't honestly heard yeah. in a long Going fucking time. Going old school on that one. I guess you can. I mean, you, Jim Plunkett, maybe. You know, if you're going to that era anyway. Uh, but I mean, Upshaw, obviously legend at the fucking position. And you move on. Now we're in the NFC finally, and we're at Green Bay, and they have Aaron Rodgers. Yep, yep. I'm sure Brett is, Favre loves that. I was just about to say, <laughs> do you make the argument for Favre at all? Yeah, it's tough. It's really, really tough. Because Rodgers, you know, he obviously cemented his place there, and he's the king there. No, I, but listen, Favre Rogers, was the king first. Yeah, but I think Rodgers is the better quarterback. Me too. So, I mean, it makes sense, you know, definitely. Bears, I think this is obvious. Yeah, Walter Payton, one of the best. Fucking freaking nature. You like the Vikings one? I think that yeah. makes sense. another one, Adrian Peterson. To me, Adrian Peterson might have been the best running back I've seen live, too. Like, He's still trying to play. I know. Here's a guy. Put him in the fucking USFL, yeah. man. There's a guy. Perfect. That we were talking about before. Perfect correlation right there. It's the type of guy you want to. That's the type of guy you get to bring eyeballs on your, on your product. No doubt. No doubt. And then you got the Lions, another fucking obvious one. This is the running back stable right here. Lo- and I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm loving it. Barry Sanders. I think, you know, him, Curtis Martin, and you know, my favorite f- fucking running backs, man, ever. Yeah. Barry was the best. I'll always say that, though. Yeah, I love watching oh. Bo Jackson. Another guy wasted a fucking oh, away. Absolutely. Done. In Detroit. There was, um, I was, I randomly saw like 90s commercials on YouTube and I just clicked and the first one was a fucking Bo Jackson commercial where he's like Bo Jackson playing every sport. Like, you know how he played mm-hmm. all the sports? It was him in all those attires, but then he was playing. They had him in every attire, like surfing. And all <laughs> I was like, Bo surfs? He's like, I surf, dude. <laughs> now we move on to the Cowboys. There you go. What do you think Larry about this one? Larry Allen. Um, you, I can't, listen, I can sit here and say Emmett Smith all day. To me, he's an all-time leading rusher. It's like, how do you not give it to him, honestly? But, I mean, if you want to give it to Larry, that's fine, too. He's probably one of the craziest offensive linemen I've ever seen. Like, he bench-pressed an absurd amount of weight. He moved at an absurd rate of speed for a man his size. You, I'm sure I'll give it to him, but to me, it's always going to be Emmett. Because Emmett's my all-time favorite player. You know? I guess I'm just biased. I get it. That's fair. Hey, that's yeah. fine. But then the Giants, they have Eli. And I guess so. I get it. Yeah, I mean, Two hey, Super Bowls. I get it. Giants fans. What do you, I wonder what they think. They, they I bet agree? you that a lot of them agree. Yeah, I bet you. What about Eagles? Steve Van Buren. Too old school for me. Yeah. What Sorry. the fuck? At least giving it to Donovan or somebody. Maybe that's why they went Van Buren. But then the Washington Redskins commanders, what the fuck you want to call them? Trent Williams. Yeah. I get it. I mean, yeah. They don't really have any other offense Art Monk. of all time. Yeah, that's yeah, like Art Monk. We just he was on my all star yeah, team. Yeah, we're just talking about him. I mean, Trent Williams was good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's see. We got the Saints here with Drew Brees. Obvious as yeah, fuck. Yeah, I'm not gonna argue that one. Uh, Julio Jones there for the Falcons. Another one you can't fucking argue. Yeah. Because you think about... Well, I'm trying to think who else they had playmaker-wise throughout the game. I mean, Roddy White was good, yeah. but it wasn't nothing Rowdy, special. Roddy White. Um, okay, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Bucks they have Mike Evans on there. It's very, you know... I get it. He's very good. It's kind of surprising, though. 
Yeah. Um, is it like my, you know what's funny though? Mike Evans, like he might not stand out in a crowd with his not like. I would take Mike at, Evans on I would my take team any day. Exactly. I usually take him on fantasy. He's always solid. That's dude. what I'm saying. Yeah. As long as he's healthy, he's putting up big numbers. Yeah. So okay, that's interesting. But I like it. Yeah. I don't hate it. Carolina. Steve Smith. Yeah. Yeah. That's the guy. Yeah. He's a legend there. Not Jake Tome. Nah, I love Jake, though. <laughs> you know what I love about Steve Smith, though? He went up to Jake Malone after, like, a bad game. He's just like, I don't – he's like, I'd rather you throw interceptions than anybody else throw a touchdown for me. Like, you're my guy. Don't worry. I got you. Now, on to the last division here, the NFC West. And we have the fucking Cardinals. And you got Larry Fitzgerald, another obvious one. I think so. The fucking goat of receivers, you know? Yeah, he's, he's in up there. there. He's yeah. up there, bro. He, he he did it all for a long time. Another guy that I thought would eventually end up in a Patriots uniform that did Glad he didn't. Yes. <laughs> and Seahawks, they have Russell Wilson. Makes sense. Yeah. One Steve Largent might have something to say about that. Yeah, Russell's numbers were madness over there. Like, think about it. If you look yeah. at his numbers, they're crazy. Yep. And then obvious Jerry Rice for the 49ers. And then Eric that. Dickerson for the fucking Rams. I mean, this list here, for the most part, not bad. I'm not mad at. Not bad at all. No, I'm not mad at. All right, so that's it for the shit on that. Okay. And it's getting really fucking hot in here. So I think it's time we wrap it up tonight. Let's do it. And uh, we're going to bring you this week's ha-ha <laughs> moment of the week brought to you by no one. <laughs> Yet. Yet. Yes. So looking for sponsorship. <laughs> Come on. But this week's ha ha I had a few. I was thinking, you know, I, I was in I was like, do I go one route? Do I go another route? Do I go, you know, with Garrett Wilson from the Jets, not knowing that a rookie dinner is gonna cost him about seventy five thousand dollars? <laughs> do I go with possible drunk Jim Ursay? But no, I decided since the state of the uh, world is in the state it is today. Because this country is a complete joke and a mess. And, you know, just the full nine yards. That this moment this week just it, 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 it encapsulated everything <laughs> that America's been for the last couple months or years even. And what this administration currently... It just wrapped it all together for me. So I'm sure people have seen the video of Joe Biden rolling up on his little fucking bicycle like a little nerd... And he's like, oh, hey, and he stops, and he just falls <laughs> right on his fucking stupid-ass face. Like, of course you did, because you can't even get a fucking sentence out of your mouth half the time. What makes you think you can ride a bike like an adult? <laughs> like, he can't even do that, because he can't do shit. He can't run the country. It's, it's a mess. So this week, I gotta go for uh, Joe Biden gets my vote this week for this week's... <laughs> moment of the week so that should wrap it up for this week episode 20 i'm hot i need to go in some ac (laughs) if you like what you hear you want to support the show as always you Mm -hmm. can do so by visiting allstarvintage.shop check out the site sports year Uh uh-huh and that should do it everybody fucking take it sleazy and we got This has been the All-Star Vintage Podcast with your hosts, Mark Jameson and Dom Morrow. We'll be back with another episode whenever we feel like it.